Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaru. Uh, I am Sarless today. He's off on family business, but I do have a Scorpion co-host. Croy, uh, introduce yourself to the fine people. Hi, my name is Robert Croy. I uh, also go by Shosuru Croy on the Discord. I was a magistrate for a little while. I am no longer, and I am the chief editor and founder of the Tables Yours podcast. And I am a scorpion of eight years. Are, are we still considering the table is yours a podcast? Like it started as a podcast, like a, a like th- like this format kind of podcast, and now it's essentially an audiobook kind of. Yeah, it's um, it's audiobook novella dramatized readings of the official fiction from FFG. Uh, and what's most exciting about it is since we started really late. Um, we are single digits within catching up. We've been releasing Wednesdays at noon for like the last year and a half or something. <laughs> and we're like, we are tantalizingly close to caught up. So I'm like, I actually don't know what we're going to do when we're finally caught up. <laughs> I mean, Kaori's got like a whole archive of fanfics. You can start diving into that stuff. <laughs> she wants to go back and redo some of them, which is probably a good idea because I don't know if you've ever actually listened to them, but they're like the beginning ones where I learned how to edit. They're like really bad. I, I, I listen to the ones I do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for uh, for people who don't know, like our conversations, yes, I've I've co-hosted our guest read on the tables yours a couple of times, and I do so essentially when I've got the ability to get, like secure quiet recording space, which is very different. So here in this podcast, you know, it's like more loosey goosey and stuff. I'm not saying I'm just regarding audio quality and stuff, but the tables yours is an audio reading. It's got to be precise and. I've got this, the scars to prove that Croy is a taskmaster. He needs that quality audio, son. I uh, I have some really talented readers right now, and they don't shy away when I send them literal pages of notes. What's the what's the comparison I made the other day? It's like uh, whiplash. <laughs> are you are you dragging or rushing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw that movie. No, no it's like that because like um. Uh, Houston Miller is a really fantastic reader, and I literally just edited uh, something today. It's how the world ought to work. Uh, I started Tables Yours literally because I'm really, really bad at actually keeping up with the story. So I wanted to give back to the community in some form that also forces me to stay up to date with the story. So I'm still not up to date because, as you heard, I'm not I'm not caught up yet. Mm. But in in uh, how the world ought to work, uh, Houston Miller is reading a Koto Toturi, and the line was. So you're saying he's he is right. The line was so you're saying he is right. And the, he read it twice. And the first and this is not gonna make any sense to your entire audience, but to me it's important because <laughs> he's like, the first one was, so you're saying he is right. And he's like, shit. So you're saying he is right. And like I literally exclaimed, like, yes, operatives, nouns and verbs. Yeah. <laughs> Are you rushing or dragging? <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, the, the, the table is yours. It's really yeah. meticulous uh, audiobook novella podcast. I, I call it a podcast. I don't know if that's right, but if you're interested in the story and you haven't caught up with it, check out the table is yours. It's the, gonna the, be it's gonna it is evergreen content, and I'm actually super proud of it. 
the the irony is i get more compliments when i guest host on the table is yours than i do from all my episodes on my own show like whenever i get a random dm on uh on discord it's just like oh i heard your reading on the table is yours it was so good it's like for one ouch that hurts two um, if anything, if anyone thinks I sound decent and you could hear me on this podcast, you know that Croy is just editing the hell out of me to make me sound semi-coherent. I edit the RPG side of court games. I uh, taught Trevor how to edit. I edit uh, Tables Yours and I used to read and it just makes me really sad for me. I wanted to be known. So like everybody comes in and compliments all the readers that I trained and edited. <laughs> Nobody ever gives me any credit. Oh. <laughs> See, this is like a super villain origin story, which is good because we're talking about Scorpion this week. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely perfect. This is how I ascend. Uh, sp- hey, let's just go into it. Um, moving on to normal events. Uh, this is weird. If you're listening to this right now, this is uh, a couple of days after they just released the restricted list, um, <laughs> which is weird. It's two- weird in two ways. One... Uh, I need a whole episode to talk about that. So my plan is we're going to record this right now and then, because Croy's not available next week. So this is episode to come out two weeks from now from recording this. And you should have, if that plan works, you heard a different podcast last week. Unless my plans went the way my plans tend to go, in which case you're hearing this and this rambling explanation right now. <laughs> you should you should do them in chronological order, but whatever. <laughs> ah, screw that. I'm like Doctor Who. I like time travel. Uh, so I'm assuming there's going to be no major news next week. Or if not, you know, we'll just deal with it next week whenever Sar comes back. <laughs> so that seems appropriate. Uh, but let, let's just go right into the meat and potatoes episode. So um, the only reason I'm probably going to keep this part of why we're recording this in because we are in a pickle, Croy. Yes, um, we are. Now, when I bring a guest host on, it's mostly mm-hmm. because, like, I'm interested in, like, uh, you don't have to be an expert. You know, this is for beginners. We started this beginner guide. Like, first you start off, like, here's the basics of the game. Which is fantastic, by the way. It's great. Thank you so much. Uh, and also, it's a great way to fill several months of uh, content while we're waiting for this coronavirus. <laughs> and, um, but it's also something, like, really neat. Like, because every time someone tries to explain the game, the, it's always simple. Like, here, I can give you a couple of, like, real broad pointers. But to really get, like, valuable data, we got to go into every matchup one at a time. So we've been doing sure. it one at a time. And with an eye towards um, what the current meta supposedly is especially yeah. keeping up on it and stuff but if you're a beginner player or intermediate player you know we don't need like you know the top level players in here offering this advice and stuff yeah and, no, beginner players definitely need like broad strokes and just mm-hmm. what to even look at and, and craig you're more uh, you're, you're you're a story guy now and stuff but you're 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 definitely adequate enough to <laughs> adequate that sounds like a backhanded compliment i you're definitely, i <laughs> i consider myself aggressively slightly above average but not great if, if there was if there was a medal for B plus, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I I know that feeling. Um, the moral of the story is: no, on a great day, you are absolutely qualified to give for the kind of advice that we're off that we were trying to offer from this series. Fantastic. Giant caveat: that's all been thrown away because two days ago, as per this recording, a restricted list came out um, that on paper has decimated scorpion or at least severely altered so Um, i can speak to that go for it please yeah so like 
uh, you asked me to come on. I think it was Monday, right? And it was like, it was Sunday. hey, would you <laughs> would you like to come on the the podcast and talk about Scorpion? And I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. And then I think it was later that same Monday, the uh, restricted list dropped, and I looked at it. Now, uh, if you're not well versed in Scorpion literature, as the player base has created, um, like the defensive dishonor strategies or the drop bear uh, manifesto that was made many years ago. Um, I've been playing Phoenix Splash, Keeper, Hardcore Defensive Dishonor for literal years, and I adore it. I love it with all my heart. And every single time something on the restricted list, a new restricted list card came out, it was always like, okay, let me see if I can maneuver around that and, you know, just change it up a little bit, alter a play style. And then this restricted list dropped, and it's like, Croy. Robert Croy in Michigan. You, your deck. We're going to kill your deck, Croy. <laughs> so I looked at it and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. My box, my keepers, dop. I, I seriously considered, like, what if they just errated display of power to be like five influence? I was going to take support of the Phoenix so I could still take three dops. Like, I, I already <laughs> had that plan going. Yeah. And, and then this happened, and I'm just like, it's dead. I'm done. I got to do something new. It's, it's totally out. So I was talking to my friends about how I was going to come on, and I was just going to be like, all right, guys, let's figure it out. Scorpion <laughs> from the ground up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And and far everyone knows that I'm always talking about Crane. I really should talk about other clans more often, but I got to talk about my blue babies. Uh, policy debate got banned, so that's like the backbone of a lot of the main Crane deck. So I'm not gonna be talking about Crane for a while because we need to figure some things out. I'm <laughs> so here. like, yeah, man, liar's gone, liar, liar's gone for fair but not good reasons. It's because it's too good. Banned. I, th I thought he would get restricted. No, he's, yeah, he's just gone. Putting him on the restricted list creates like a, a effectively a soft ban because like no one's gonna pick him over other options. But <laughs> dude, I have so many promo full bleed liars. I'm gonna use him as my province backers now. Oh jeez. <laughs> uh, now all this being said, I think we can talk about Scorpion as if nothing happens because this game has developed something of a tradition of every restricted list cycle comes around, mm -hmm. tries to nerf Scorpion, and they keep coming out perfectly fine, if not stronger, every time. So I mean, <laughs> so uh, so that reputation has definitely come out back when I was uh, a, the Scorpion magistrate on the Discord server. And I was um, helping curate many of the chats and especially single, not single handedly, but like being the head of the Scorpion chat. Mm -hmm. And one thing I can say, because I've not been part of it for a little while, but one thing that I can say for sure. And I'm sure this is true of other clans, but the Scorpion chat and the Scorpion player base uh, by the vast majority of them are incredible workers. When something happens, they all just like come in and just like, well, that's dead. And they just immediately get started on something else. And I'm sure that's true in other clans, but like the level of just like complete willingness to play bad cards is lovely and astounding to me. 
I think it's true to a degree. Now, Scorpion has the privilege of, like, they've been near the top since pretty much the beginning. Maybe not, like, from the core uh, set only, but as soon as the first cycle started coming in, when, uh, um, what is it, um, a Fate Wars and Death hit, uh, yeah, they've been on top of the pile. So yeah. every time they get hit with a list, they're like, oh, you know, we've lost our A-plus strategies, but we've got lots of A-minus cards lying around just ready to fill those slots, you know? It just, yeah. Uh, it helps when red cards are generously balanced. Some some of the other clans have just been on like almost like you know on disaster watch. Like Lion was a miserable place to look in for I a hear very Lion's really long good time. Now. I mean, yeah, the Lion clan is very good. So now, and they cool. actually have a different situation of. So, and I've been here before. This is one of the reasons why I still make some real questionable deck choices stuff. When your clan is at the bottom. And nothing like all the ape, the the air quotes best decks in the environment aren't working. Well, that's a free license to just do whatever kind of jank that you want, right? So yeah, now that lion actually has some good strategies, all they have left in their player base is all these drink jank lords who are still trying to do a lot of weird stuff. Now that they have viable strategies. No, nah, man, when your deck's down, you take support of the scorpion and you just fill it with as many red cards as you can. I mean, that's literally what the Lion Clan did a couple years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that I think that speaks to, like, I mean, in, 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 a, in a very strict sense, L5R is a game, and therefore it is resource management, and it can be, it can be figured out. It can be mathed. Kind of, because then you get into the weird realms of, like, how much do different things actually convert to each other at different points in the game. Mm. I think that's one of the really great things about L5R, is that it seems like there should be pretty easy ratios of equivalent exchange, but that changes sometimes. Mm. So, when you have that idea, and then you look at Scorpion cards, which, as you allude, are... And, and as I said, generously balanced. It's not as simple as plugging red cards in. They they still do strange things, and you still need to know when to play them. It's not as easy as just like play fate worse than death. Yeah, it's uh, Alpha Var. It, it's one of its good things, and also one of its bad things uh, that we're moving out of right now as the card pool is getting more diverse. Is so every clan has not necessarily a monopoly, but a heavy emphasis on certain strategies and certain gameplay opportunities. Um, and that also means that some clans just end up in these positions where it's like, it's not a hard matchup versus other things. It's impossible because they're doing things that some clans just literally do not have. Like, even if they took yeah. every possible thing to try to tech specifically against this, they just don't have the tools available because they're doing something that cannot be stopped. Uh, I've... Scorpion was a problem with that for a while because they have a lot of, um, you know, low bodies. Anti-dishonor stuff. Dishonoring themselves actually makes them stronger. So try yep. like try to dishonor them doesn't really work out for you too well. Um, there until it does. It it doesn't until you win. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, still the, the best way to be Scorpion is to, like to turn their game plan against them and like wait till they push you down to one honor and then like take away their last three honor unless duty stops you. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, duty's gone, right? Uh, it's not gone, it's on their restricted list. So I get a oh. full playset of duty, dude. Cool. Hey, just a full uh, playset. Make some deck backers with that stuff. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, it's it is easy when I tell people, um, because I'm about to move to Texas, hmm. and as always, I'm going to be looking 
to make a new L5R group. I've done it many times. Yep. And when I tell people about L5R, I'm always like, uh, yeah, so here's the lion, they're super military, and here's the unicorn, they're super military. They do something very similar. They do the same thing, but they do it in different ways. And then here's dragon, and they can do military. They're good at it, and they do it differently. And here's the crane. They're pretty political, unless they're military. And then here's the scorpion, and they break most of the rules, and they're literally different in a lot of ways. It's just it's hard to talk about sometimes, because I imagine, because I don't really play other clans, I imagine, like, any other clan versus any other clan would be somewhere on the axes of a normal game of L5R. But when Scorpion is involved, it is very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're weird countdown timer. So Honor and Dishonored decks always have a countdown timer mechanic to them, where it's you have to try to rush them down uh, before... You know, they either dishonor you or honor out one of the two. Uh, Scorpion is a little bit more subtle than that because all their dishonor, well, not all of them, most of their dishonor tools are based on of you doing something. So you have the feeling like you can play out of it, which is, is a false choice because both the options that the Scorpion player is offering you, both are going to lead to you dishonoring. Which is <laughs> absolutely my favorite part of Scorpion and why I play them. It's why I played Deceptive Offer for a year and everybody told me it was bad. But I would look at people and be like, would you like to give me plus two in this fight or an honor? That's entirely a free choice. You could choose. <laughs> and when they're sitting on three honor and you're like about to get broken, like it's a hard choice. I love watching people squirm. Uh, people love the, uh, the the illusion of choice that Scorpion provides them. It's like a, it's like a comforting pillow as it smothers them. Um, like <laughs> contrast that with a crane honor deck from back in the day or any other like well not the honor decks right now per se but yeah back in the day, crane would just be like okay i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna trigger this and activate this and get through an honor it's like no no you don't get a turn yet i'm not done i'm gonna do this 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 and i have one do you have anything you want to do okay goodbye <laughs> right just as like not interactive, but like it feels worse though. Oh, it's because it is it is more uh it is more non-interactive. I was actually just talking about this last night. Hmm. Honor is less interactive than dishonor. Now that's not saying that dishonor is super interactive. Don't mishear me. Hmm. Honor by itself is playing with your own numbers. Dishonor is playing with theirs. Therefore, it is necessarily more interactive than honor. Uh, I'm a crane player. I do like to play with my own numbers. I mean, numbers are cool, but I like playing with other people's numbers. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, so we're we're going to go into this. Um, just for reference, I'm sure everyone knows by now. now. Yeah, this is uh, a long preface. I mean, hey. <laughs> This is. I know you edit the uh, the RPG podcast. Don't expect that kind of that the high quality Kaori and uh, Kovar bring to their show over here, son. Oh, they're they're so they're so good. They have like show notes and topics prepared, and like they they eloquently transition from from point to point. Oh, GD's got this whole spreadsheet where she plans things out. She does research. Like, Kilvar had to do research for one episode, and it almost killed him trying to keep up with uh, <laughs> Kaori's pace. Having edited, that, having edited that podcast, I'm not surprised. <laughs> me, me, me and Sar just kind of wake up and stuff, just kind of like, what do you want to talk about? I don't freaking know. And as know. much as it's I complain so... about not getting like any recognition for Table is Yours, Kaori 
uh, Kaori, it literally would not exist without Kaori. She has done so oh, yeah. much. Yeah, you know, with, with people like me and others, like, always flaking out, you know, like, she is the stalwart batshit of which all empires are built upon. It made me feel bad, because I'd, like, I, I, I edit something once a week, mm. but she would have, like, literal weeks ahead of me. So it's like, I can't let Kaori down. She's already 32 episodes ahead of me. <laughs> Are there even 32 freaking fictions in L5R? Holy crap. I, I actually just finished number 72 and I didn't edit all of them. So there's probably closer to 80. Uh, but anyway, uh, to keep everyone on track, I'm sure most people know, but this is for beginners. So, uh, as we are recording this, Bayushi Liar uh, just got put on the ban list. Um, Display of Power and Bayushi Shoju just got put on the restricted list. Oh, uh, yeah. The new Shoju. Yeah. Uh, joining the likes of City of the Open Hand, <laughs> the only stronghold on the restricted list. Duty. Uh, as well, yeah, Duty and some other things that Cunning were like, Magistrate, you know, Fate Worse Than Death. I mean, Mark of Shame. Scorpion is up there between the bind list and the restricted list. They're up and there. And then non-Scorpion cards that I play a lot were Keep Your Initiate and Display of Power. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep. So now uh, that... Hold on. Is that like... It's one? Hold on. I'm, I'm actually curious. One, two, three, four. Forged Edict, which I didn't... Which I was playing. So one, two, three, four. Mm. Five, because I was also playing the Palace... Six, because I was playing Magistrate. Uh, seven, because maybe Mark of Shame. Seven, eight, nine, because of Liar. Is that nine? Oh, Hidden Moon Dojo, ten. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yep, ten cards. Yep. Ten cards in that in my deck has finally become banned or restricted. And remember, there's playsets. So, like, the majority, literally over half of my sleeves are banned or restricted now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but since we're not going to try to rebuild the Scorpion Clan right here, we're going to talk generally about Scorpion strategies. Yeah, uh, assuming that you can slot you can all these cards individually. Well, except for Bayushi Liar, who is dead to us now. But all these cards individually are still very good on a base level, so you can. They still- are on here for a reason. You can, as far as we know, build a deck with one of these as your core aspect of it. It just won't be as strong as it was uh, two days ago. Um, and, you know, figure it out <laughs> if, it's not, uh, if it's not working. The community will let us know if one of these arts types are dead for reals. I have a sneaking suspicion since Scorpion always bounces back from these um, that in broad strokes, the Scorpion strategy is going to remain the same as long as your like main archetype is Dishonor. And I you just, know, I just went to Seven Sings Keep. Yeah, I mean they have a couple of other strongholds that are just as good right now. The the person who won uh, or who got second place at Worlds last year wasn't even on City of the Open Hand, so they have like one or two of these options open to twelve. I, I would probably get uh, Basie showed you is probably the go to card that of all these ones that they keep. I guess. don't know. There's, uh, I mean, there's compelling reasons for Bishu Shoju, Forged Edict, or um, Fate Worse Than Death, depending on the meta. Like those three. Yeah. Especially between Forged Edict and Fate Worse Than Death. 
Well, I tell you what, let's start off things off. Let's think. Let's get a uh, SARS normal uh, usual starting question here. Oh. What are three things that you think a new player should know about the Scorpion Clan? What's good? About, what should you know about? Keep in mind while playing Scorpion. Playing Scorpion. Yep. Okay. Um. You should generally pass for fate, but that's probably true for most clans. But that's mostly because uh, Scorpion plays out of its conflict deck more than any other clan. Your dynasty slots are really important, but your real terror comes out of your hand. And because of that, you're going to be bidding high and you're going to be um, monitoring your honor. If you're on open hand, you have ways to mitigate that. But your fate is going to be used to primarily fuel your conflict deck uh, and that, to me, that usually meant buying one, maybe two people out of the dynasty. If you're playing a more um, conflict, uh, more province-breaking type deck, you're going to be a little bit more traditional in that sense. But uh, there's a real aspect of saving fate. Um, it is very, very common for a scorpion to have between, like, I don't know, like 12 and 16 fate by turn two somehow i mean i mean that's a bit high but not not definitely though. three but it depends on the rings <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so that's the first one um earth is your friend man at least for me and i think that's definitely true for most clans as well however going for, go for the earth ring yeah yeah the earth earth ring because since you play primarily out of your hand you you really need cards like real badly so bidding high and then being able to mitigate your honor with that and then uh, keeping your opponent's options down. Um, and it's this, it's this really interesting ability to look at the board and when you're not playing a Scorpion. Like the Scorpion mirror is just a mess. Uh, it's way more fun than it used to be, but it's still strange. Yeah. But when you're playing against another clan who's not a Scorpion, you really only need to keep track of a few like key cards. Like last night I played against the Crab, so I just have to be aware of, you know, um, always be crabbing, whatever that's called. Way of the crab. Yeah, I just have to yeah. be aware of that. Whereas when it's like Scorpion, it's like they're going to have half their deck or something, and they will have an answer for basically everything. And it is, it is hard. It is hard to play against that. And you just have to like know that there is an end eventually. But as you're playing Scorpion, you have to figure out how to jockey your cards and force your opponent to make choices to put them in positions where your cards are strong. And it's because most of their information comes from the dynasty. Most of their play will come from the dynasty, especially attachment heavy decks, you know, cause it'll go on the character mm -hmm. since most of the information is on the board in general and yours isn't, you have the leverage of information and information by itself is extremely powerful. Oh yeah. And then the third thing, man, like, oh, okay, this will be hard. This will be hard to understand, especially for new players. That's great for a beginner episode. Go for it. <laughs> One of the best skills that you need to learn in L5R that I think is exemplified extremely well in Scorpion, and especially any deck that played Display of Power, which was Scorpion for a long time, is learning how to lose. If they're attacking you, 
and breaking, that's bad. If they're attacking you and not breaking, but they're still winning, that's less bad. And maybe sometimes that's okay. You don't have the ability to win every single fight. You simply don't have it. So as a Scorpion, because I can give an example. Here's an example that literally happened last night. uh, And you will be put into tough situations. But in L5R, you can't like flip-flop. You can't take the half measure. You have to make a plan and stick with it. So last Mm -hmm. night, I had a terrible opening flop. I had uh, Corset Shouju, Sinister Soshi, um, Dispatch to Nowhere, you know, Shoots Guy, and Favorable Ground. That was my flop, and it was versus Crab. Okay. So I can't buy Shouju first because he could just weigh him. Yep. So then I buy Sinister Soshi for one, and I don't invest her because I need to save my money in case I buy Shouju, and then I need to bid high trying to find some console characters in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. So I buy Sinister Soshi for one. He buys Shuichi and puts two on him. I'm like, great, so he's not going to weigh. So then I buy Shouju for six. Uh-oh. <laughs> I feel like I see where this is going. <laughs> so then I have a terrible draw, and then I have a terrible first turn. But what mm-hmm. happens is on the second turn, there comes a point where I can either use my now fateless shoju to attack and I will break a province. I'm playing not a dishonor deck, so I need to break his stuff. On the second turn, I'm in a position where I can use my shoju and I can break a province. But if I do that, I will have a province broken. I've already lost a province on turn one and I've not broken anything of his. Mm-hmm. So I don't. And then I use my shoju on defense literally just so they can't break my secret cash and i get rocked man like the rings hurt shoju doesn't do anything but a way to think about that is on turn one i spent six fate to not lose a province on turn two mm-hmm. i ended up winning that game because i had to learn how to lose i cannot win so hard and then keep up that pressure i didn't have the cards for it so then i had to make it so that not that i never lose but that I make losing hurt less. Yeah, that's a it's a universal truth for every clan in this game, and also like every every player needs to learn how to like play out of a bad position by you know uh, shifting their values and how they play cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I thought I saw coming is like, oh, if you bought um your sinister associate for one and your soju, I thought I was gonna, you're gonna get wave crabbed in the fate phase, but <laughs> it looks like it worked out well for you. It did. I got lucky, and I didn't, and I wasn't able to kill his people because I just didn't have the cards to put him into any political fights to kill him with shoju. Like I just mm. couldn't do anything. And then all it ended up being was I saved uh, a province into turn two, and then the game went long, and I ended up winning. But that's because I had, I. It's not like I learned or decided. It's I recognized that I could not win decisively with these cards. Therefore, I have to use them to lose less. Yeah. And that's also a problem with a uh, classic Soju, where uh, his ability looks scary, but the number of times it actually triggers is this very low. Actually, it is, but it's a good deterrent, especially since you, you can use it twice and it lasts on yeah. both people. So I ping in two different people, and then having some uh, some shrink abilities around really makes sca- him scary. He'll scare freaking Hidekasada. Make sure he won't come to the freaking fight. It's true. <laughs> But those are like, those are what I would say. They're like really broad conceptual things because I don't want to say like specific cards. Like I can, I could say things like uh, uh, on the flop, you're looking for cheap dudes. 
Because in general, if we talk about like a courtier deck, like you're looking for cheap courtiers, the quality of your characters, your dynasty is pound for pound. Not as great, like in general, but your conflict deck, like you need, you need those, those traits, man. You need, you need those courtiers and those shugenzas, stuff like that. Yeah. That, well, that literally is the very next topic. So moving on to the opening flop and mulligans. What are you looking for? What are you pitching away? What are you trying to get in your hands? So the world is new to me because I wasn't able to play with COVID. Mm. And I, I don't like playing online. But this rally stuff is great. So <laughs> uh, what I would say is I'm looking for... I don't know how true this is in other clans. I'm looking for cheap dudes, especially on turn one. I want to have some fate going into turn two. I don't want to spend all of it generally, but more than that, I'm looking for specific traits. Um, courtiers are a big one, especially with for shames, uh, Shugenjas for cloud, uh, Imperials. If you're playing castigate stuff like that. So what often happens is that I will buy people almost because of their traits and then just kind of put them into whatever role makes sense. And is useful. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scorpion is rather unique in their ability to buy very cheap people because the only other people who do that are blitz decks or swarm decks who want to build fill a bunch of little tiny dudes and then do like like some mass buffs like something like oh all my people get plus one plus one or something like that mm -hmm. and they kind of swarm the board Scorpion's only one is just like literally just poking you all day because the one time that they go in like they, they don't the body doesn't matter it's the card like you said the cards in your hand are what matters yeah so that little pokey guy can like oh i'm gonna block with this one well that guy's dead now okay now the poke went through and now you're breaking and triggering rings and all kinds of other horrible stuff yeah uh it's uh not all scorpion anything that's more shinobi or or um province breaking focus definitely wants to like w destroy provinces but um it's totally okay to just win rings and that's true for all clans but i think that's especially true for scorpion where it's like dude just rings 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 are great i don't care about breaking often i do now my new deck yeah. but like i want to have enough people to have one person in each fight generally and if you get the favor oh my god Oh my god, back up. Point number four, get the favor. Hmm. Point, no point number five, get the favor. Like, <laughs> you you need the favor, Scorpions. Because if I poke with a little two military duder and they're like, bow him for some reason, I'm like, but I still have the favor. So they need to block, and that forces them to commit something on the defense. Otherwise, you get a whole ring. Yep. You need hmm. the favor. Oh, yeah. And I can't get the favor because freaking Bayuji showed you. <laughs> and you and 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 you can get the favor because you're a scorpion and you have fawning diplomat. Yeah, so scorpions definitely get more value, I would say, out of rings just because they have an inherent timer. Even a scorpion deck that's not even a dishonor deck is kind of still a dishonor deck. It can still get there if it needs to. Yeah. So they are the quintessential. I'm just going to attack you and not break your province just because I want to farm resources because the more resources I have, the more I'm winning the game. Uh, so I do feel like they, when they claim a ring, it's a little bit harder than other people. Well, not the water ring. Nobody cares about the water ring. But all the other rings, they get a lot I disagree. Of the water ring is my favorite. The water ring is not always useful. But the water ring, when it is useful, and it is more useful more often than people think, is is damning. Water and air are always like... 
they flip flop between either being worthless or extremely powerful, depending on the board state. You know, uh, I think people need to go for air more. Uh, a Scorpion player would say that because I was about to say, like, air is a ring that generally doesn't matter in most matchups until it's a honor or dishonor matchup. Then it's very important, and one of the reasons why people against when playing against a Scorpion clan would not go for air is because they always had display of power. So I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna try to gain some honor uh, to stop your like you're trying to dishonor me. I wanna go get some honor from the air ring and stuff. Oh you just let me through display of power. Uh now you've you know turned me gaining honor into me losing honor. I can no bueno. I under I understand your point and that's definitely right. But like the crab deck that I was playing against yesterday was using that crab province that uh is imminent, costs two less, but they come in dishonored. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and uh, had like Yakubo, I think had mm-hmm. some. Yakubo is as long as he's less honorable than me, he does stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and if he had a guaranteed win, like I could not stop his next attack. So there was three rings up, and I don't remember them. Like they, it was like water, void, and air, and none of them were great because my because so, I had like one dude with one fate, but it was like something bullshit, like a monger or something. So like he should have went air. Because if he gained the two honor, he'd still have less honor than me because he was just like killing himself. Mm. Like, and that's not a case. That's not a case of me doing dishonor to himself, to to him. That's him dishonoring himself for his own effects. And if he gained two there, that would have made his bid stronger the next turn. And he'd still be less honor than me. I know this is like a very specific example, but like, yes, you're right. Air often doesn't do much and there's usually a more impactful ring immediately but when you're looking at a field of kind of blah rings don't discount air yeah well like again and this has changed as we are recording this it's very easy for a scorpion player to say that but when you're up against scorpion uh, and this is the one, um, if you haven't listened to the show, I was giving Sar a lot of crap because we played some games a while ago. And he just got a thing where, you know, you know how Jigoku will go where you have a trigger and it'll, the car will glow. And like, oh, yeah, I get my opportunity to do it. He'll just like slam the button. And he kept doing that with display of power. Well, I kept attacking him with water ring, which is like literally worthless in all the times i did it the mm-hmm. only reason i kept doing water is because i don't want him to display of power and trigger those powerful ring effects on his side yeah so he just kept displaying power water so i don't know why he kept triggering he just saw a shiny button decided to put place it and stuff but um it's i guess it's one of the reasons why display of power is on restricted list because it, Dude, you know can... it's one of the core ways to try to fight your way out of there which is functionally cut off because, you know, the Scorpion opponent can always just say, oh, you want air? You want void? You want earth? Uh, well, I'm just going to let you take my province or take the attack, and then I'm going to take the ring from you and hurt you more with it, you know? Display of power is on the restricted list because, one, Scorpion can use it to great effect, and so can Phoenix. But more than that, display of power, I think, is one of the last cards in the game that actively discourages playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler mentioned that specifically in his article when he talked about why he made the restricted list change. Oh, did he? Style. I didn't read all of the uh, explanations. Yeah, he specifically said display of power and uh, some of the other cards. Um, you know, this is g- supposed to be a game about attacking and defending, and this card is so powerful, it makes you not want to attack. Same thing with uh, Gateway to Mido. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Is uh, Feast or Famine still on here in some way? No, because I got a ratted. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they got a... They got a, uh, a ratted, yeah. A ratted a while ago, yeah. Yep. 
Same same idea though, but nowhere near as powerful as Displayer, Mado. Okay, let's move on. And since you just had a first uh, crab matchup, let's go into matchup specifics. Still, we're talking general strategy. I don't know what the meta is going to be right now and stuff. But you're a scorpion. You're up against a crabo player. What are the kind of things that you're looking out for, and what's your win strategy here? Uh, crab. So, uh. I, I, I'm of two minds in all of these discussions because I'm mm. used to defensive dishonor and I'm still thinking about it as my new um, conquest deck. So I like, keep yeah. that in mind because everything's in flux. Mm. But when I play crab, you got to watch out for way of the crab. I'm sure yeah. everyone has said that on every single <laughs> it's, episode. It's the first thing we've said in every single episode, way of the has, crab. Has anyone mentioned that uh, that Worlds, that like the first time crab was streamed, like released? Has anyone mentioned that? Uh, yeah, that's the the second tie. The second thing that keeps getting uh, mentioned is the poor person on stream who bought Shiba Sukune yep. first turn and just got nuked and then lost the game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so watch out for crab, and you got to watch out for crab uh, because of like fate phase and their jank and tricks with that. Yeah. As so as a caveat, like as you mentioned, we do bring that those two points up every single episode, but um, I th- I want to point out like I don't prep guess when they're coming on here so just keep that in mind every single person who's ever heard about what crab and way of the crab has brought that situation up independently we all saw that thing yeah it's well way of the crab is one of those things where you just have to like you got to get hit by it and you're going to remember it forever because uh if you get hit with a well-timed way of the crab you just lose the game and it like that's it so it's just a thing you have to keep in mind. It, it um, is end all be all the most hardest lesson you will ever learn in L5R. Don't be, buy a big person against crab. Not well, without and then, protection. And then, and then the really savvy thing is when you start to learn how to protect against it by playing like conflict characters with fate so that they can survive the fate phase and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So um, uh, versus crab, I find water is really good because uh, they tend to keep their people alive through other means so they tend to be relatively fateless so water is great with that um i think it's banned it is banned now so i mean i'll just mention it i played Drojan's curse literally for crab okay. uh, because they couldn't survive two fate phases when i play against crab i suspect i'm probably not going to be able to break them if i do that's cool but like their numbers are huge so i just mm-hmm. i can't really break crab and there's that's the only clan where I don't decide not to break them. I just discover halfway through the game that I have broken no provinces. I'm down two and they're at five honor. So I'm just like, well, yeah. I guess that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's that's like how all of my crab games go. I always try to break them and it never works. Yeah, um, I, I fire you out to go hard on the dishonor because uh, crab and dragon, uh, crab being worse off, uh, terrible at managing their own honor and a lot of the cards actively hurt their own honor as you just mentioned they have the province that like hey decide your character bring it in cheaper and stuff that is like a scorpion's paradise (laughs) yeah like i actually like the guy that was playing last night he did it and he brought in that uh it's a new card i haven't seen before where you can uh, unlimited remove a status token by losing an honor preemptively Mm -hmm. um so i just kept dishonoring his dude and he kept doing it and i'm like shit i'll just get this dishonor now yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, so those are things to worry about with crab when it comes with crab, like you're not going to win military fights unless you can use courtiers to buy them. You got to have tricks. 
But conversely, you'll probably win the political fights. You're pretty lopsided in in the better way as a scorpion, especially with uh, this is not always true, but like having dashes in military, but having high political is uh, very valuable for scorpion and it's difficult for crab to deal with, which is why they tend to uh, weigh us in the head. He the Casada's got two political. Well, to be fair, <laughs> they also do have Hita Guardians and some other things, so they can get some big blue numbers if they want to. But it's usually in bursts, and they can't sustain it. Yeah, yeah, they 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 have to set themselves up for for big blue numbers, but um, it it doesn't come naturally, and then it comes at the cost of not doing something else. Mm. That's how I feel about crab. Crab is definitely a scary matchup for me. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, something I might have a little bit of insights. Uh, cranes, the political rivals of the scorpions. What are we worried about with uh with scorpion with the big bluebirds? I'm annoyed that crane has as much military as they do. Because whenever so I th- dope. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it's so dope. <laughs> yeah, like whenever I think of the lore of of these two clans, I'm like, I'll mm. fight them in the courts. Oh no, they'll just beat me up and kill my people. Mm. So like that's annoying. Um. So much like how you have to deal with crab, you'll often deal with with crane in like doing tricks and stuff like that. Mm. Um, for crane, I I don't personally have a whole lot of matchup matchup experience with crane. However, that said, I find what works for me is I have a very difficult time keeping uh, an equal number of honored characters to them, but I find that I have a much easier time. Uh, dishonoring their honored characters to turn off Voice of Honor, since most of your cards will be events, and you really need Voice of Honor to not be on. So, if you can... I To me, it seems like half the work in a crane matchup is done when you have the favor, and you, they, you have the same number of honored characters. Like, if those two things can be true at the same time, you're in a winnable position. That is That is absolutely true. Uh, Crane's strength of like being able to honor themselves all times like doesn't put them in the like absolute horrible hole that High Glory Phoenix gets into. Uh, we can just kind of like end up in essentially a net equal or you know not that bad of a downside. Uh, but yeah, you're able to like basically destroy all my honor counters. So <laughs> yeah, Without honor. I can't voice of honor. It's like a mi- it's like a mini game. Like you just mm. you get rid of all their honor counters. You're not going to get a whole lot of dishonor them dishonor on them because you're going to be fighting the honor and they're going to cancel each other out. But if you can if you can get past that, then you get to the second part, which is like actually figuring out how to win the game against them. Mm. Um, which for me ends up being a lot of rings with Crane. I don't. Uh, I suspect now I could probably break them a lot easier than I could have in the past, but that's because of the deck that I was playing. Uh, it seems to me that like Crane would be not quite equal in in trading provinces, but definitely having blows back and forth with like this meta game of honor dishonor. Yeah, that's, that's uh, what I would think of it. Some Crane decks can kind of like keep themselves alive, but we don't have quite the tools yet. Uh, I'm going to put a pin on that one. Check back in me in a couple of months when we get Sevenfold Palace and we're going to create our, like in a process of like reevaluating ourselves because mm-hmm. if we wanted to build an honor gaining deck or at least something that like keeps us afloat in that matchup, yeah. we already have the tools. We just don't use it because it's only useful against Scorpion and horrible against everything else. Yeah. Uh, things are changing though, so we'll see. I find uh, that I am not concerned with your duels because 
because most of the time I just think of duels as like your card effects. Like people get like really salty when when they get dueled and it's like, oh, they're just playing a card. Like I would play Fate Worse Than Death or something. Just, oh, they're yeah. doing they're doing the thing. They're doing a card effect. Yeah. So like maybe it's just because I have like a different mindset of it. But I find that duels are still good. But like I'm not I'm not like angry or worried about them. A duel, generally speaking, is fine. When the duels start chain reacting and comboing, then it can be really salty. It's when I, I'm going to hit you with a duel, which is going to do an effect. I'm also going to trigger my stronghold, which is going to honor me, which yep. probably turns on a bunch of my voice of honors and some other stuff. Then I'm going to activate my proving ground to draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> which, <Lord knows> what... <laughs> which brings me to, uh, like, I don't know how true this still is. And I don't know if you can do it. If you are fighting as a scorpion, a crane dueling deck, the best way to beat it, for me, was to just not be at the place where the duelist was. Because they mm. can't duel you if you ain't there. I was going to recommend that. Yeah, it's um, between the... the Scorpion have a lot of people with dash military. If you have yes. dash military, I can't military duel you. It shuts down a lot of my options. Um, alibi artist will be good for that now that liar's gone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've always been in a situation of like the the scorpions will frequently just avoid the duelist at all costs. And yeah, so the crane matchup is basically me trying to say neener neener boo boo like the entire <laughs> game. It definitely works. Uh, let's move on. Dagrons, and I know you've been playing for a while. Dagrons are back on their super tower mess where they? they're they're the yeah mitsu's got a super monk thing going on where he's void fisting people and um, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. there's a finger of jades around there's a void figure of jades around and also their stronghold high house of light uh could make the the character immune to things so you can't target them with like uh way mm -hmm. the scorpion to dishonor them or uh fate worse than death which probably isn't in many decks anyway but that's also basically off the table I love Fate Worse Than Death, and I actually wouldn't blame anyone for playing it. There's going to be, like, pro players who are like, who the fuck is this Croy guy? He's stupid. But, man, I'll tell you what. Face, wor face Worse Than Death is great. The, the weird thing about the Scorpions, because they keep all their powerful cards are keeping them on a restricted list, they're all still powerful cards in their own right. And part of, like, a metagame at a tournament is, okay, as Scorpion players start rising to the top of the cream, uh, figure out what their restricted list card is because once you learn to the scorpion's restricted list card you know generally how the deck is going to work and stuff but until you figure out what that card is you're completely in the scorpion player's hand because i'm sitting there like oh man is he gonna is he gonna fate worse than death me is he gonna drop a kachiko on me is he gonna do this yep. is he gonna do that i have no idea so when you fight a dragon there's probably gonna be attachments i think like a full-on monk deck isn't a thing yet so like um, calling in favors is your friend here, and you're going to want to use it on specific things. Probably fingers if you're playing Fate Worse Than Death. Uh, that might not be like super meta right now, but that's just a thing you need to know forever. Mm. Because when you have um, when you have towers, you're going to want to like um, dishonor, dishonor them, water them down, for shame them down. Scorpion definitely excel at being able to particularly harass one or two people. When things get wider, it gets a little bit more difficult. So even though Dragon is going to have, like, amazingly resilient people, that's kind of the point of Scorpion cards. It's like, this guy, this guy right here, this one. Like, they're, they're going to get they're gonna get their buffs from their attachments. Like, when you when you go to 
steal something or uh, even Mia, Mia Mystic, if that's what you're running, because there's actually good reasons to run Mia Mystic. They're, he's pretty cool. There was a time there where everybody hated him, but he came back. When you use these things, you got to make sure you hit like the specific attachments. When when their people get big from their attachments, when they have uh, buff uh, attachments, those are not. Those are just things you got to learn how to deal with. I will say that Dragon, right next to Crab, have about the worst uh, ways of gaining honor from themselves. They're super vulnerable to dishonor strategies. So they also tend to run things like their Fire Alchemist. What is the name of that Fire Alchemist? Yeah, he dishonors people. Or he undishonors people. Yeah. Yeah, that's super annoying. Um... But yeah, you're, now that you mention it, yeah. The thing about like like in Dragon, I haven't dishonored too many dragons. The reason why I haven't dishonored too many dragons versus Crab, like even though they both don't have a lot of ways to gain honor, Crab is actively encouraged to lose honor. Yeah. And I think I find that dragons are a little bit more willing to swing air ring sometimes in general. That's my experience. For whatever reason, that seems to be true for me, that dragons are sometimes more willing to swing air just to give themselves a bigger buffer. Because even if it's not needed, they'll just bid it into the next turn. I didn't know. Other than Master Alchemist, which we just mentioned, they have a couple of cards that uh, are self-honoring some of those low-level monks. Uh, they have some tools to keep themselves around, but they're all fairly easy to deal with. If you like, just look at them and if it like says gain honor or something, well, that's your new target, you know? <laughs> Let's start dishonoring them and like getting them out of conflicts. And once those characters are controlled, then there's a pretty clear path to dis uh, dishonoring the dragon. And that's, uh, yeah, like you might not actually need to dishonor them, especially now that the the main dishonor deck is seems effectively dead. The the bigger point we've heard is that before. <laughs> yeah the the bigger point is to always make sure that dishonoring is an option because if you let them just have honor then you, they've eliminated a potential uh, victory condition for you. Okay. Um, in something that is probably the Scorpion's traditionally like worst matchup. I don't know about traditional, but definitely recently, Lion. Lion in the last few sets have like so for some reason Tyler decided like you know what Lion's just going to destroy Scorpion and they've gotten a <laughs> lot of abilities to mitigate Scorpion's abilities. So that's because that's that's uh it goes back to what I was saying. We're like in Dragon if they're towering, even if we're not playing Fate Worse Than Death, you might probably be having for shame and court games and way of the Scorpion. All of these things target like individual people. Scorpion has a harder time dealing with wide stuff. And when you have like what is it, fan of command, I think, and things that like keep standing people up, mm -hmm. right? When when you have to just keep fighting the same thing over and over. I lost a game once because I had to fate worse than death, like an Okoto Gunso or something stupid. Mm -hmm. And he used ready for battle. So he went home and he dishonored and he forgot all of his text box, but he didn't sit down. So he, they just kept coming. So I fate worse than death him again, and then he used another like ready for battle. The oh, heart, geez. yeah, it was just like it's relentless, man. And I need them, and I need them to stop. Like I'd rather fight unicorn. I'll get to that in a second. But like I, I actually don't have a lot to say here because I don't know. 
you got to take it one at a time. Water's important to put down when you can for shame, like tricks. You're going to lose uh, military. You are oh, yeah. going to. <laughs> Just <laughs> let them have it. Don't commit resources to a fight that you will be crushed in. That's a, that's a truism of all the clans. Like, don't, like, unless you get a really good hand, don't commit towards a military battle versus lion and expect to win that. Well, because they go wide, you know, it's going to be things like assassinate. Um, if you're playing Kiriko, like put people down, um, lost papers is going to be pretty cool because it's going to go wide. Like the, you, you need to hit as many people as possible to spread their fate thin because, uh, there come, there comes a point I find where the board just kind of finally clears and you need to, you need to get to that point. If you, if you haven't won by the time they have an insurmountable board, you need to get to the point where most things have finally died. You're on one province left and you're at like two honor. Like you need to reach the other side of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, I will want to point out a card that um, I don't know if it's a widespread card, but it's definitely something I see people slotting in whenever Scorpion is powerful, which, you know, spoiler, Scorpion tends to always be popular. We'll see how they survive after this recent uh, restricted list. But uh, Ardent Omidasu. Uh, are you familiar with this one? I am not. I'm gonna pull it. It is up. a th it's a character three cost two military three political two glory courtier reaction. After an opponent's card ability or ring effect dishonors a character you control, take two honor from that opponent. <laughs> oh Jesus! That is the most get wrecked scorpion card that's ever existed. <laughs> oh my God! I did not know this card existed. How would I deal with this card? I'd cloud this card. <laughs> that's cloud, it solve all problems i i, cl I cloud this card mm. you hold cloud and you play it on this card even without that guy uh lion are actually there's flavors of lion that either like wholeheartedly going for a honor win or like will kind of like it's a switch deck although well, they're going for military but if they want to honor out too they'll do that as well so even if they're not like full anti-scorpion they do have inherent honoring abilities yeah. that will keep them afloat so you can't necessarily unless you get like get them in a really lucky hole you can't really bank on dishonoring these guys out as a scorpion yeah, player it's not it's not easy that is actually how i have always beat lion but that's because i did not break and i and i only farmed provinces but that's changing so uh, it is my understanding that Lion tends to have pretty pretty squishy provinces in a pretty squishy row. They're squishy, yes, but it's also they're squishy because they want you to break them, and when yeah. those provinces break, they get cool things from it. Yeah. Um, like the entirety, like like Lion is a race because they will destroy you on on military. That's not true for like Crab, maybe, but like mm -hmm. as a Scorpion, they win the military fight. Oh, yeah. You're you're just hoping you don't break. If you can stop them from breaking on a military fight, you're in a really good spot. And if you can do it twice, you're in a very good spot. I mean, it used to be very good. Like, oh, Light declares military attack. Great. I'm going to let, just let them come through. Let them take whatever province I have. Play display of power. And that's where I'm going to get my value. Um, <laughs> it, I should well, also point sure. out. I should also put out a card, uh, Prepare for War, which has been a very mm -hmm. popular card since it came out with, which is a commander card, which most of the line cards that you, they care about are commanders these days. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's action. Choose a character you control. You may discard any number of attachments and or status tokens from it. If that character is a commander, honor it. So almost a Crane-style uh, Soul Beyond Reproach yeah. on their commanders. It's you, a cool can't card. Keep the, you can't keep the commanders uh, dishonored. Not if they don't want it. Lion is weird with their glory. Yeah, they they keep, they maintain a solid two. They don't go into crane numbers where crane will put a lot of high glory people in their thing because we are confident. Even against Scorpion, I'm fairly confident I can have this thing either be a positive or at the very least not a negative for me. Right. Um, Lion are kind of the same situation, but they don't have quite the same tools, so they don't get like. You rarely see a three in there. You see a lot of ones and twos. Well, the, the the reason why the high glory works for them in the Scorpion matchup is because they still have high military, which we'll talk about when we get to Phoenix. Because, yeah. like, even if you dishonor them, because if somebody has high dishonor, you should start dishonoring them, or high glory, you should start dishonoring them. That's just a mm-hmm. thing you should do. And um, that's true for Lion as well. It's kind of annoying that they can keep honoring their people. So it's not going to be nearly as bad as uh as crane where they can just like point and click honor they have to go they have to jump through some hoops and those are hoops you have to learn kind of like way of the crab mm. but um in general the more you can keep people dishonored the better position you are in mm. well actually uh let's move on to phoenix uh and this comes with a, it's a caveat of it itself uh for the last few weeks we've been talking about phoenix because phoenix Bayside phoenix not in a very good position. Also, traditionally, a very easy matchup for Scorpion. Yeah, um, I don't want to be a dick, but, but. <laughs> I don't know how to play it. I don't know what to say against Phoenix except just dishonor their people. Mm. Just just dishonor their people. Assassinate Shigenja's um, cloud-annoying people. And then, then, uh, then about 25 minutes you win. Yeah, after Christmas, their big magic deck with a uh, you know Kunasawa with all their spells that kind of got nuked into the ground, so they're not really running that anymore. They've been having some success moving over to the high glory box, which has always been you know a suicide matchup versus Scorpion because if they have high glory, they have high glory, but they don't even have those tools that Lion yeah. has to keep themselves iron, let alone Crane level tools. Well, so, that's the that's the <laughs> thing with Lion is that if they have high high glory and any way of honoring themselves, they, uh, they're going to crush you. Lion, uh, that's true for Lion. And, and Lion, even if they're dishonored versus Scorpion, they still have more military than you do in general. Phoenix is more weighted towards political. So you can kind of go toe-to-toe with them in, in military. Kind of, sometimes. They both do weird tricks. But if they have high glory and try to fight you politically, you dishonor them and then you just win. Like, it's it's weird that the entire thing is just, just dishonor them. Yeah. No, it's it's just the one side of the matchup that uh, my guest last week, we, we sat down with Star and was like, hey, what's what does Phoenix have against Scorpion? We're just like, I out of succession, concede the match and go do something else for 20 minutes to enjoy your time. They have a uh, they have just... that scholar that honors when water is claimed, which is really mm. cool. Yeah. Um, as beginners, what you'll learn is that you do not have a dynasty deck of generally useful people. At least I don't. I have a dynasty deck of like very specific people for very specific matchups. Mm. So 
they're gonna they're gonna grab that one scholar that will uh um honor somebody when water is claimed and that includes you yeah um in the interest of fairness we also mentioned this uh last time on the phoenix episode uh worlds last year the winner was a phoenix player and their opponent was a scorpion player so it is possible but the massive thing is that we just mentioned uh the christmas major overhaul of the game erratas and bands Mm -hmm. uh destroyed what that deck of phoenix used to be and that those tools just no longer exist what Um, i what i find from phoenix is that their player base tries to find and rightly so this is not a knock against them at all it seems like they try to find like weird i don't want to say gimmicky because it makes it sound like it doesn't work but they're looking for like weird crazy combo decks because if you just try to play them straight like you would like like if you tried to play crane but with wizards it falls apart <laughs> it, it is not necessarily that they try to do it i mean that's what the phoenix are exactly it's, they have they they the each of their archetypes are tied around a specific theme so hard and even their shugenja are like the the water shugenja are very different than the void shugenja which are very different from the earth shugenja and you can like blend them a little bit but you start getting these massive archetypes like i remember a couple years ago where surf wizards was a thing where all yeah, that the, was fun uh, the Shigenja were water-based and had all these crazy movement and straightening effects. That was really a uh, thing to deal with. Which was completely different from that's still the playing Void in theme. No, I mean, I mean that more just like, killed everybody. <laughs> that's still in theme. I mean more like, I, I think Charge Burb, you know? Hmm. Like, that does not jump out to me as like a uniquely Phoenix yeah. thing. Yet, that's the thing they made. Yeah. Um, this This Enlightenment deck is like a thing to specifically... Uh, mess with the the framework and rules of the game itself rather than a theme yeah. that's what phoenix players tend to do which I is mean, good kind of, it is that's what their other half of the cards are it's a lot of like tutor effects and like filtering things and playing with the bounds of the game to try to do these weird because that's you know that's how thematically what magic is right yeah uh, and it's also how you build busted degenerate things just by finding like oh if i do this this and this i need some glue to hold these two disparate like ideas together you just throw some phoenix magic in there and that becomes the glue to make these horrible things that's how you get charge bird phoenix it's also how you get uh their other deck that's going on right now uh enlightenment have you heard about this one Uh, i heard uh, briefly about it yeah enlightenment is tearing through the scene right now uh with a bunch of phoenix cards that um do a bunch of jank where hey i'm going to claim this ring but i'm also going to get a bunch of secluded shrines to hold on to the rings that i already had so i only have to actually clean one ring and i'd like functionally have all of them and then i'm going to play this card, the the enlightenment card and i've got all the counters to stop you from trying to stop me from doing this um that being said Boy, there's a lot of caveats in this episode. <laughs> Caveat Scorpion. There are. Uh, um, so on the restricted list that just dropped is... So we got Display of Power, which is very useful because, like, when you're... Tr- like, how do you stop Enlightenment? Well, you take a ring. Well, if the Phoenix just takes the ring that you want, then you're just helping them dishonor, which is not good. Also, um... 
Actually, no, uh, I was going to say uh, Rebuild. Uh, Rebuild's always been on the restricted list, so never mind for there. I but. mean, it's it's still there. <laughs> it's an important card. Yeah. But um, hopefully Display of Power being on that makes that Enlightenment deck a little bit less consistent. What I'm hoping. But, yeah, uh, as a Scorpion, you want the favor. Like, that's your your first goal. So at that point, you can censure a Forged Edict or or whatever. Like, you you cancel it. You cancel Dop. Yeah. Yeah, the... uh... It doesn't matter right now. The the Enlightenment deck is tearing things apart. Scorpion, up until this point, has been like the number one way to beat it because uh, you have the internal uh, cancels or the new cancels that Scorpion has. Mm-hmm. So it's just be able to just stop them from doing whatever they want. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, cancels are really important to Scorpion because you have really high impact cards mm. and you you need them to go off. Yeah, uh, Soju was, you know, you said you were playing with a Fawning Diplomat for a little bit, but Soju is pretty much guaranteed that three copies of Censure is in most Scorpion decks right now, because as long as Soju's around, which you want to have him around, uh, like, turn two or three, yep. that means, well, no one else is going to be able to uh, activate Censure. Yeah, so but now it. that he's gone, I, I think people might be looking at Fawning again. I really like Fawning because... I know it's just simple. Like you don't you don't have to worry about it. I kind of like I I definitely was overcautious about it though because I had fawning with display of power. That was my deck. So like, <laughs> so, like I'm getting much. I had I had yeah fawning display of power and showed you like you do not get the favor. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's mine. But without showed you and without display of power, you got to fight for it a little bit more honestly. Uh, yeah. And I'm a scorpion, so I ain't about honesty. Still fawning. No. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This is going to be the hardest one to talk about, but Scorpion Mirror Match. Because we don't know what Scorpion is right now. So how would we talk about the Mirror Match? We can talk about like the general archetypes that they still have. Well, so have... I mean, it's it's still the same ideas uh, that you have that they're going to want. I don't, know if, I don't know if, like, you, listener. Yeah, you, Fred. I don't know if you play any fighting games, Fred. But, There's you a know, guy named Fred right now just freaking out right now. No, <laughs> did I ever tell you that what happened on the old Tables Yours when we were a roundtable podcast? I think you mentioned that, but tell it again. Uh, we were, like, me and my friends would just, like, yell at each other. It was a roundtable, so we just talked. And then, like, we created a sock puppet person to argue against something stupid. Mm. And, then one, and then one of my hosts was like, yeah, Aaron. And then, like, <laughs> we had an Aaron message us. It's like, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> um, which is really fun. So, so this is this is to Fred who plays fighting games and understands what the mirror is. Uh, you know where you're strong. You know where you're weak. Um, so you're just gonna wanna you wanna leverage that against Scorpion. And I know that that's like a really foo foo non answer. So to try to yeah. be will be a little bit more specific. I as a Scorpion have the most trouble when my personalities are dishonored. Now I have to like add to that if you dishonor my people one at a time i tend not to worry about it i don't like it once i get down to like five four honor and i have dishonor on my people it's whatever especially if they have fate like i don't i don't want to deal with that um the times at which i am a scorpion and i have lost the most like like handedly is when i have a board of dishonored people 
Oh, yeah. Especially if you suspect that they're on forged edict, you want to dishonor their courtiers before anything else. Even if they have high glory, unless that high glory thing is like really about to beat you up, it might still be better to dishonor the courtiers and other things and turning off their general utility. Because remember, Scorpion plays out of their hand. So what you're actually doing is you're playing your cards in your hand versus their cards in their hand. And you're using the board as a way of forcing them to play their hand in ways they don't want to. If they have a Cute and Bayushi deck, uh, do you put Dishonor tokens on their ninjas? Yeah. I'd be very yeah. specific about when. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say yes and then just do it. Like, I'll do it. Um, I'll put a Dishonor token on people when they have no fate. Uh, maybe if I have an extra for shame. Um, like, when you put a Dishonor token on their people and you know that they're going to stand up, you just need to be ready for that and make and have an account for that. That's what I would do. Now, that's not necessarily true that I will dishonor their people, but just because they could stand their dudes up doesn't mean that you should discount that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like that idea of timing, sequencing new players, sequencing is really important. Uh, I was uh, in my game last night. I played Castigate on a guy in a political fight yep. and it did not kill him. But I did it because I knew in a future fight with Satori, I'd be able to give him plus three glory and then kill him that way. Mm. So it's, it's one of those like, yeah, this is an optimal, but I'm setting myself up. Hmm. I hear you. Yeah, just like uh, I was mentioning earlier, when you're up against Scorpion, the trick to Scorpion is try to suss out what the restricted list card is. And from then, you should be able to... Well, I take that all back. I can find out what the restricted list card is and try to figure out what their entire deck is. Against, if you're a brand new player, uh, you're just going to have to be get familiar with your Scorpion decks. Because they will come at you a number of different ways, depending on what their buildup is. Yeah. Um... If you find, and then there's like, like there's rock, paper, scissors. If the scorpion deck is farming you and not breaking your provinces, then you need to either farm harder, deny the farm or break them. Cause if you're both just farming each other, then you can't be guaranteed that you're actually winning unless you are well ahead, well, well ahead on cards, like whatever they're doing, you need to do the counter to, if they're breaking you, you need to go into learn how to lose mode. Because uh, the resources are going into an offensive strategy. If the resources are going into a defensive strategy, you need to not waste your resources by having them countered on the defense that they want to play. It's like Scorpion is incredibly flexible and you just have to find out where they're willing to spend their cards. And then because of that, they're weaker in a different area. Yeah. I should also know about uh, farming. Well, this is a general anti-Scorpion strategy. If your opponent is farming you... Um... Play one of your cards to make a card stronger and force them to break your your province. Because if yeah. whatever they're doing, if if their your your province is so uh, weak that they don't care to attack it over and over again, then that's a province that needs to get out of this equation. Because uh, most scorpions don't have breaks as their number one strategy, or even number two strategy a lot of times. Um, Set so, and with, if you're a scorpion up against this matchup. Uh, you your provinces are generally pretty good, but you want to get them towards that secret cache. So if they're yeah. not, you know, out there, uh, get it like 
destroy whatever they're farming and try to like hustle them over to the secret cache or one of the other ones that will just like get you like abject bonuses whenever they attack you. It makes me think twice about it. I don't know if this was ever brought up with any of your previous guests, but this is an interesting thing uh, that I think a lot of people understand, but uh, new players should like specifically think about. Since you need to break three provinces to go to the stronghold, that your opponent needs to break three of your provinces to go to your stronghold, if you can get them to break only one province a turn, that's pretty good. Mm. And several of the clans that can uh, break your provinces, you are in danger only when two of your, like you're in extreme danger, only when two of your provinces are broken. Because then they could attack twice on the same turn for the third province and then the stronghold. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is if you are finding yourself getting broken, is you want to make sure, learning how to lose, make sure that you are not losing your provinces to breaks. Once they've broken two of your provinces, you need to engineer which two provinces are unbroken so that both options are extremely bad. That's that's a really key thing, I'm sure, with everybody, but that's a thing that I look out to make sure that I do. Because like, if I'm fighting like Crab or something and they run into um, Shameful Display, like cool like they can they can break that because they have immense numbers and they don't have a lot of glory but if i'm against like um uh maybe even scorpion or definitely crane or phoenix i want to try to keep shameful display and secret cash so i can manipulate that and my other two provinces can die Mm -hmm. so when you are getting broken and you're starting to think about like how am i going to survive the last fight you need to think one fight ahead of that and say which two provinces am i going to spend real work in keeping alive oh yeah that's a that's useful advice at every uh every clan every matchup Mm -hmm. um we were just talking about provinces right now so it made me think of it yeah, but it's it, it also if you notice that Scorpion has some really good provinces. So depending on the matchup, some provinces are way better in some matches than others. Yeah, our, our row is pretty wicked. Yeah, not all clans have the luxury of being able to do that and stuff. But Scorpion definitely can. Crane used well, to when be. You go, when you go into the... Station. The point is that when you get into the mirror, you want every advantage possible. So if you can help them break you... And then give them two really bad options. That'll that'll help. Yeah. I do like the scorpion matches where you, you're in a situation where they're farming you, and you, everyone knows they're farming. So you put a boot bo- uh, a boost on them, and then they start like nerfing their own character and trying to bow their own character. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, it's not uncommon anymore. But I've definitely assassinated my own people, so I didn't break stuff. So. <laughs> uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about unicorns. This is uh, a fun one. These guys, are they tend to rush you down really hard, uh, but they're super vulnerable to cancel, so that's a very big point in uh, Scorpion's favor. What are we doing against these guys? When I'm fighting a dunks. unicorn, I basically... It might be that I've not played against good, uni- great unicorn. Let me just get that out of the way. Because Uh-oh. when I fight unicorn, I think of them similar to lion, but where like lion is a storm that I have to weather... Like, I have to get to the other side of it. Unicorn is like, they will just either instantly kill me and I need to play all of the right cards at the right time immediately, or they just, like, die and they ran out of steam. And then oh, yeah. and then I have the, the, the opportunity. And 
but like you need to like be faster than them and you're not or or you need to cancel their stuff and get and get ready to like uh go for the strike when they are actually weak they are most susceptible to having their whole board just go away and you need to have things in the next turn prepared for that yeah no, it's the same reason why uh, Crane could beat them pretty easily. It's that they are super vulnerable. They have a, like a whole deck of cards and dynasty and conflicts and stuff, but most of their strategies actually rely on a handful of very key things. So if you can neutralize those key things, we're talking cavalry reserves. We're talking about Chagatai. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Neutralize these things, and the deck starts falling apart in a rapid fashion. They're kind of like honestly, they're kind of like Scorpion in a military way, where like. Scorpion is looking for specific ways to disable the opponent, and the Unicorn uh, oftentimes doesn't really care what their personalities are like, their characters are like. Their characters are much more unique and specialized than ours in most cases, but like they just they just want to have more. They just want to have more of them and cavalry, and then they got to do the thing. I will point out that it can sometimes be hard to dishonor a... Um, a unicorn because they have windswept yurt, which is just randomly gained two honor. Yeah, but they've only got three of these things, and they actually have other cards that eat their own honor. So if they try to play, um, what is it? Uh, um, oh, uh, captive audience, captive audience. Why well, can never remember this thing? I oh love that goodness. card, captive audience. Yeah, captive audience is a scorpion's dream because, well, actually, you have to watch out for it because scorpion has so many like blank military things that. Um, it can just like send all your people home or if they have unicorn also have those cards where like, Hey, everybody battle is now a military battle, which could be really bad for all the uh, military blank people Scorpion has, but captive audience also cost honor. And I believe unleashed the gen also cost honor. So they're doing their job for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not scared when they do captive audience, mm-hmm. mostly because captive audience and, Cav reserves are the things I cancel. I don't even worry. I don't worry about canceling captive audience. I just worry about the the cav reserve. Captive audience is helping me at this point. <laughs> I have canceled it, but like, it depends on where they're playing it. If they're playing it on your box, you cancel it. If they're playing it in your row, then cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if they play captive audience on the defense, which has happened, then even better. Um. Yeah, you also want to be generally lower honor than your opponent. So if they captive audience, like maybe you start assassinating more often. Okay. I'm just, I understand your point, and I agree with you. The captive audience, the effect of it, screws over Scorpion so much. Mm. But like, I just have like this mentality of once I have clearly lost a fight. I don't like feel bad about it. And I just like, Oh, you captive audience. I get an honor from you. And then I lose this thing. I'm not going to put more cards into this. It's learning about, it's about learning how to lose. Like, great. You, you, you did the thing. Well, yeah. Captive audience always seems to come early. I, I rarely, rarely right? see a unicorn player, like try to bait it out. Like, Oh, let's get them to boost up their, all their political. And then we're going to flip it. Most because unicorn just doesn't have the tools to, drag that match out yeah know? it doesn't <laughs> unicorn doesn't have the time it's it's they... got to get half its deck in its in its discard pile by the end of turn three and it's got to be on the box <laughs> they yeah they just they just can't do it um all right so that's 
all the clans. Uh, any final thoughts about Beginner's Guide to Scorpion? Huge freaking caveats. Um. Well, I mean, because it's a beginner's uh, idea, and if we haven't completely, like, annoyed all of the top players at, at what I have to say, I think I think Scorpion is most fun when you realize that it is about decisions like giving giving poor decisions to your opponent and mm. playing from your hand it's incredibly important to understand like con- like how useful conflict characters are specifically out of scorpion which are probably farming provinces scorpion every every clan cares about resources and and all of that but scorpion interacts with resources in such a strange way because all resources can be tied back to honor and scorpion can be actively empowered by going lower on honor so scorpion like i i teach this game a lot i teach the game a lot to a lot of people because i love making new communities so i play all of the clans kind of but no clan has a mentality like scorpion I think Scorpion is probably the strangest one. So if you're looking for something that's a little edgy, but not annoying, but not annoying, like late nineties edgy. If you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for something that like makes, puts people on the spot and you're not just bashing heads, but you have to like force your opponent to make decisions that they don't want to make. Scorpion is there. We're, and especially we're, we're... because like, it's impossible for me to talk about the card game without like thinking about the lore you know oh yeah and because and and because the scorpion is a clan a whole clan full of batmans (laughs) who do do everything they need for the empire and personal honor be damned it's therefore easier for me to think about the decks and the idea that my individual personalities are less useful or or less grand until you get to the unique characters like shoju and stuff but like they all serve a, an extremely specific purpose and that's their job. And oftentimes their job is to be a courtier or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to play with a giant hand that you draw, you want to mess with people's honor, you want to give them bad choices to which there are no correct decisions. Scorpion is for you. If you love wills within wills and mind games, play Scorpion. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, any final shout outs you want to give out to the people? Um, yeah. I mean, the rest of the court game stuff is cool. The RPG side is great. Um, uh, Korvar and uh, Kaori do a great job, but then I'll, I'll just plug my uh, table is yours. Again, everybody should check that out. I'm sure uh, Trevor's going to put a link in there to that and if I can coerce him, maybe even our Patreon, but I don't know how cool that is. But the point is, come check out Tables Yours. It's uh, I, we put a we put a ton of work into it, and it's still growing, which just like mm. makes me so happy. So if you're interested in the story and you don't have a lot of time, and maybe you're going starting to go back to work, give the story a go. Yeah, as soon as um, I actually had found a good recording situation for me over here, which was use the public library. And then the apocalypse happened. <laughs> so I'm still finding a good way to get a, a, a Tables Yours quality audio setup to uh, get back in the mix of things over there. I have I have told you in the past that the couple you gave me in your car were fine. <laughs> but 
It's it's so hard. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Sure. Uh, let's see. Give a, speaking of the other podcast, yeah, give a big shout out to uh, the RPG sister podcast, Court Games RPG, with Kaori and Kovar. Also, joining our Court Games podcast network, we have the actual plays for the RPG, uh, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. Check those out on whatever podcast service aggregator that you use and yeah give them a listen we're also they're doing some good stuff um on twitter if you're not uh like we're all on twitter especially the court games just generic brand but uh the actual players are putting out questionnaires for like hey you want to be involved in the game you want to help the gms come up with some story beats they're putting up polls up there all the time to help craft the game in their world that they're building and stuff so check all that stuff out um you can find links to this and other places at courtgamespod.com the website that steve has put together you can go and post articles and read articles other people have left and join discussions in our forums and you can check us out on patreon as well as also check yeah check out the table is yours podcast our uh, patreon as well we could always use this money to help fund these great L5R projects that we're working on. Uh, specifically, I want to give a shout out to some of our uh, backers. We've got, um, I swear to God, I read this last week. We'll find out if I did it or not. Is that Carl Pinkos? Pinkos? Oh, I'm screwing up names again. Uh, Houston Miller and one Whacked Mackie, my buddy Max, who gives us a little bit of money every time. So That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Who says one of the uh, editors slash yeah. readers over there? Yeah, he, re- yeah, he reads for me. That's super cool. He's he's, he's ramshackle on the uh, on the uh, Discord. So everybody listens to this. Give him a ping yeah. and say he's a cool dude, and then you know, tell him that I told you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know whose name I don't see on here. I don't see a Croy on this list. You know, I mean, I uh, I'm getting you know, wed I... and I'm moving. I gotta save oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was just thinking, I was like, oh, am I on the freaking table as yours, Patriot? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like a group of people who keep giving money back and forth to each other. <laughs> I mean, it, you're, you, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's it's, but it is also incredibly sweet. Is is uh, is the thing that I do want to say about that. The L5R is a community, and we do watch out for each other and support each other. So. <laughs> Uh, and that's about it, you know. Uh, who's my favorite judge this week, you know? Uh, you know what? Sar's not here. I can say Sar's an okay judge. He'll never listen to this. He doesn't listen to back episodes. <laughs> Sar's a do better you, judge you, than he is a player. <laughs> do you call out judges? Yeah, every it's, it's an ongoing bit. Every week I, I, I name a judge who's not Sar, who I say is my favorite judge. <laughs> oh, fun. Not for yeah. him, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I interrupted your outro. I'm sorry. No, I mean this is the part where we just start get rambling, and about this point, you're still gonna hear like the music start slow creeping in as you taught me how to do. Yeah, my oh, yeah. quarantine skill was to learn how to edit podcasts, which Croy taught me how to do, and now I've taken court games. You know, I've gone rogue with it. I'm doing all the up the edits. I'm doing all the updates. Seabass, Seabass why... is on holiday, and he doesn't listen to these. We could mutiny. <laughs> I mean, he, he lost he, he lost control of me a long time ago. <laughs> he just was like, you know what? Trevor hasn't burned down the shop yet, so he could just, like, do whatever he wants until the feds start calling. 
Yeah, no, we should I just mean, like, I don't know, tag him a bunch and be like, Rogue LCG Court Games, Rogue LCG Court Games. And then, I mean, Sar's not here, but I mean, I could take this over. I taught you how to use Craig. I could take him away. I think I'm your new, <laughs> I think I'm your new host. I think oh. uh, I think I'll oh. edit uh, I'll edit tables yours and I'll be here. So this has been uh, your new co-host Shosuru Kroy. Uh, I hope that everybody's had a great time, and I'm going to need an outro. <laughs> the table is yours. <laughs> the table is yours. <laughs>